Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hello, Mike. Yeah, what up, girl? You know, just living the dream every day. Yeah, just being as sexy as you want to be. I'm so sexy. <laughs> that's Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, you're sexy. You're right. And that's a good daily affirmation to have for yourself. <laughs> and, you know, at first it was weird when we got together and you would say that to yourself all the time. But then, you know, I, I found you more sexy as I heard it. Every I, was, single I was convincing you. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? She's sexy. Sexy <laughs> as, as uh, AF. AF. As the kids say. Sexy as AF? Yeah, sexy as AF. I believe that's the correct <laughs> terminology. Uh, just kidding. I know I know what it is, folks. But um, yeah, welcome to the Crime and Coffee Couple. And uh, we're here every week, uh, about 9 a.m. Eastern time, put out a new uh, new episode. And then we've got Patreon, too. So you like us little mom and pop podcast. We're not like that big Wondry, you know, Wondry kind of like Walmart. You know, they do a good job. You can get your products there. But we're like that local mom and pop, you know, delicatessen on the corner. Yeah, we're the thrift store that smells musty, dusty, and crusty. Well, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're the deli that's cutting our own meats. <laughs> that's you know? true. All the freshly cut ham. I mean, like, you know, you come in, it's like, hey, Joe, and like, they, they know your name. Like, that that's what we are. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, how's your week going? It's going good. Um, I got a little bit of a panic the other day. Oh, weird. We were at our son's baseball game and my dad, we were leaving and he said something like, oh, yeah, well, next week I'll see you at Thanksgiving. And I was like, Thanksgiving's not next week. It's two weeks. And he's like, no, it's next week. And I was like, what? And for a person that plans so much like you, that's pretty much, you know, DEFCON 5. Yeah, well, because we host Thanksgiving and I cook every single dish on the menu. So it's kind of a lot. So I got myself prepared and ready. Got my grocery list going, got the menu set. So now I'm feeling a little better. Good. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of when... You didn't have like some of the calendars together from years ago where like for then, Christmas, I make uh, picture calendars for yeah, family. Yeah. Custom calendars on mm-hmm. Shutterfly. And it was December 1st. And you're like, oh, my God, it's December. Yeah. I basically woke up with a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then our daughter's birthday party is today. So we're going to have five 12 year old girls roaming around. That'll now, be fun. And here's the thing. Why am I going to this? Because I want you to be a fellow adult with me. Are you going to be lonely? Is that why you're dragging me along? You're my company. That's who you are. So uh, now, folks, realize I don't mind like doing a bunch of stuff. I, I you know, I've taken our daughter and son to like birthday parties all the time and, and stuff like that. I don't care about being at stuff like in general. But this is like a what is it, Kendra Scott? Yeah, it's Kendra Scott Jewelry Store. We're taking them down there. They're having sips and sweets, which is great. I just find it super boring, mm-hmm. and I think you would enjoy it. That's the problem. You're going to be just fine. I'll make sure I'll tap dance for you. I'll sing you a song. It'll be fun. It's not about entertainment. It's just about, I just do not like shopping at all. And it's going to be, I just just look at my, I hope the kids have fun and maybe I can get joy out of that. So you will, you'll get joy out of that. And then we're going to go to a cool diner with good burgers and milkshakes. Yeah. Maybe I can just do the burgers and milkshakes. You're going to smack a smile on your face and you're going to have a damn good jolly ass time. I mean, I, the other option is I could stay home and watch college football. Yeah, no. Oh boy, that sounds terrible. I like to take your fun. I put it in the palm of my hand and then i squash it yeah that's basically it i'm glad you understand i kill your joy your soul i used to have so much more joy (laughs) 20 years ago we've been together almost 30 i was full of joy yeah but it's it's kind of declined you know steadily well it's like how the grand canyon was formed it just slowly over time (laughs) erodes right i've almost fully eroded (laughs) so anything else to say here mike um, no, you know, uh, I think we should get started. Yeah, let's do it. So this is the murder of Bianca Rudolph. This is the story I'm telling today. And this is a listener suggestion from Robin. So thank you, Robin. And if you have a suggestion, sorry to interrupt real quick. 
But um, if you have a suggestion for a case, go ahead and look at our show notes. It's in our link tree. So yeah, and you can always just message on Instagram, whatever works, doesn't matter. Yeah. So it, in October of 2016, Larry Rudolph and his wife of 34 years, who was Bianca, they were wrapping up their trip and getting ready to head back to the United States after a safari vacation in Zambia, Africa. So Larry was a Pittsburgh-based dentist. He said that he was in the bathroom of their cabin when he heard a blast of a gunshot. He rushed out and found his wife lying on the bedroom floor of their two-room cabin, and she was bleeding and basically dying when he came out of the bathroom. That's unfortunate. So he said that while Bianca was packing up the shotgun, it must have accidentally fired. That was his theory. And however, there was a game scout named Spencer Kakoma. He was like right in the nearby vicinity. He insisted that the ammunition had been emptied from the guns. That was their protocol. So retired FBI supervisory special agent and CBS news consultant James Gagliano felt it odd that two experienced game hunters would have have an accidental death resulting you know from negligence handling a gun yeah i mean depending on their experience level i mean it can happen to anybody you get too comfortable it's almost like more likely to happen to somebody with experience because then they're just comfortable they think they got taken out and then it's like yeah i don't know what the science says but yeah i I see where you're coming from. yeah so larry quickly chose to have his wife's body cremated in zambia which made bianca's friends suspicious absolutely so bianca was a devout catholic and it was her belief that she did not want to be cremated. And that's what her friends believe that she always wanted, that she would never want to be cremated as part of her religious beliefs. I'm sure she shared that with them several times. Right. You know how you just go talk around you know, what you would want? Yeah, I mean, you guys know I will I will haunt your asses if you ever bury me. Yes, I think you'll haunt us regardless. So this particular friend was so troubled by the fact that Larry quickly cremated his wife, despite the fact that she didn't believe that's what Bianca would have wanted, that she actually made the effort of contact contacting the FBI with her concerns. She made a statement that Larry was having an affair and he was verbally abusive to Bianca. She said that the couple also fought over money and this friend felt that Larry would never divorce Bianca because of the money and Bianca would never leave Larry because of her religious beliefs. So they would have each stayed in an unhappy marriage because of one reason or the other. Both uh, tough situations when you're super unhappy. Mm Mm-hmm. So two weeks after Bianca's death, family and friends gathered in Arizona to remember her at her funeral. The employees within Larry's dental practice, on the other hand, were advised not to speak of Bianca's on Larry, not to speak of Bianca per Larry's request. Hmm. So it was like almost like do not mention his wife. Yeah, and it's his office, and they're all going to listen to what he says. Sure, he's their boss, and they did find this odd. A dental assistant named Sherry Hauk had worked for Larry at their Three Rivers Dental Group for eight years at that at this point. So the lucrative practice focused on sedation dentistry and had five offices in the Pittsburgh area. Sherry indicated that after years focusing on building his business, Larry was starting to spend less and less time at the office and more time between his Arizona and Pittsburgh homes. Banging random chicks that aren't Bianca. Right. And I mean, I know as part of a good business owner, you want to rely on your employees so that you aren't, you know, spending all of your time at work. Isn't that the goal to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor? Absolutely. 
So Bianca and Larry had met while Larry was in dental school and Bianca was at the University of Pittsburgh. They got married in early in the early 1980s, shortly after Bianca graduated from college. This was when Larry started his dental practice. So they had been together before he was successful in his business. Bianca initially worked for the practice, but she spent less and less time there after they had their children. They had two children. They had a son named Julian, who is a Florida attorney, and a daughter, Anna, who followed in her father's footsteps and became a dentist. She worked within her father's practice. So in 2006, Larry became disabled and separated from his partners. He started a new group of dental offices, which is what is now known as Three Rivers Dental Practice. That's where he was working at the time of Bianca's death, or his business. He wasn't working there. So Larry and Bianca often spent time traveling and hunting. This was their passion. And as time went on, they spent more time traveling to various countries, including Africa. Before meeting Larry, Bianca had not been a hunter, but over time, you know how it is when you're with somebody and they're passionate about something. It's like, why, you know, if you can't beat it, join or can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Like if you want to spend time with them, then you may as well take on their hobby. Right. Kind of like, you know, people that golf with their spouses or do anything with their spouse. Right. And that's what this situation was. Bianca developed a love of hunting because of Larry. She realized if you're going to want to hang out with Larry more, you're going to want to have to shoot some animals. True. So before meeting Larry, Bianca... Like I said, she wasn't a hunter, but she did become like well-respected in, in the sport of hunting. So they really quickly became international hunters. This is what they would do on their vacations. That's what you can do when you have a ton of money. Go kill some elephants and tigers and all sorts of wild game, which yeah. I would never do, but hey. I mean, know. to each their own. I, sure. I have zero interest in hunting. So in about 2012, the Rudolphs moved from Pennsylvania to Arizona, but Larry maintained his practices in Pennsylvania. He would travel back and forth regularly to conduct his business. Sherry, who is a friend of Anna's, said that Anna described her mom as an angel. She loved her very much, and those who knew Bianca described her as a very kind and caring person. Sherry had never met Bianca and felt that this was on purpose since she was aware that Larry was having an affair with Lori, Lori Milleron, who managed the offices. Lori had recently given Larry an ultimatum of one year, so he had one year to sell his dental offices and leave Bianca. That was her conditions. Good. So to Sherry, it seemed that the affair was very open, and she speculated had been going on for about 20 years. Wow. So it was an uncomfortable topic in the office. And it's like one of those things that everybody knows. Like yes. literally, it's kind of accepted at this point. And you'd have to think, Bianca, so Bianca had no idea about it? Or? It sounds like she did know. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, you know, like like you said, she's very into her religion that says absolutely no divorcing. And then Larry just doesn't want to give up his money. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, just let's live in this horrible house. So people in the office were very much aware of this affair. It was uncomfortable. It was not spoken about. So Sherry described Larry as someone who could change his attitude on a dime. His behavior could be very erratic. And this is what ultimately pushed her to leave the job. You never knew what side of Larry you were going to get. Mm, so definitely some, maybe some bipolar or something going or on. Or just maybe sometimes when people get a lot of money, they act like entitled a-holes. Yeah. And a lot of people with a lot of money 
you know, kind of get that way because of that's who they are. Right. And I mean, I work in a hospital and there have been some doctors I've come across who are just downright abusive to nurses, yeah. which is not acceptable. No, because we're all human beings. Right. And I don't care what your profession is. I don't care what your paycheck is. You treat humans with respect. Absolutely. So Sherry said that Larry would throw tantrums in the office and the office staff called this going Rudolph. So they actually named his little <laughs> tantrums and fits. Oh, he's going Rudolph. <laughs> so Larry enjoyed talking about his hobby of big game hunting and both he and Bianca shared this passion. Larry served as Safari Club International President for years. This is a group that promotes hunting. Through his term as president, many felt that he tainted the club's reputation through misconduct, which included alleged adultery. So Larry denied these claims and sued for defamation. The case was settled, but Larry was removed as a club member as well as the president. So his passion for hunting persisted, and in 2016, he and Bianca traveled to Zambia multiple times. On this particular trip, they headed to their favorite location of Kafue National Park in Zambia. So this tra trip, um, they were going on between September 27th and October 11th. This is the oldest and most prestigious park in the area of South Africa. The park is about the size of New Jersey. One section is a protected wildlife sanctuary. And then in an adjacent area, which is referred to as game management, this is where hunting is allowed. So the Rudolphs were staying in a two-bedroom cabin that consisted of a bedroom and a bathroom. This is where they were when Larry said he was in the bathroom and he heard the shotgun go off. So the trip lasted 10 days, and Bianca's mission for this particular trip was to hunt a leopard. They spent time with local game scout Spencer Kokoma, who indicated that they were very happy together during this trip. They were very affectionate. They were laughing together, hugging and kissing. Being a married man himself, Spencer actually admired the love that he noted between them and said that there was no tension that he saw while he spent a lot of time with them on this particular hunting trip. Which is interesting because you would think you'd you'd notice something or pick up on something. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know those like awkward forced vibes yeah. when you can tell a couple is not happy and they're faking it? Oh yeah. Oh man, those two hate each other. And they those smiles, fake smiles and stuff, and there's always something. And he didn't he didn't pick that up at all. So they had brought two guns with them, a Remington .375 rifle and a Browning 12-gauge shotgun. It was the Browning gun that killed Bianca. So Spencer said that Bianca didn't get her wish of hunting a leopard. And then it was 5.30 a.m. on October 11th, 2016. The Rudolphs were in their cabin. They were packing to leave. After they finished their last hunting outing, they emptied their guns of ammunition before going inside their cabin because this was daily protocol for safety purposes. Do you have? Do you get watched? Spencer did watch them. Okay. So he watched them empty the ammunition of their guns. Spencer said he, in particular, saw Bianca do it. And this was the gun that she was using with his own eyes. He saw it. Huh. So Spencer was working about 30 yards away in the camp's dining hall when he heard the gunshots. He rushed into the cabin and found 56-year-old Bianca Rudolph on the floor. She was bleeding from the left side of her chest. The gun was partially in a soft-sided case, and Larry was next to her. He was sobbing and absolutely inconsolable. He was trying to lift Bianca up. He ran and gave Larry a medical kit, but... The bleeding was just tremendous. It was unable to be stopped. 
Spencer said that through his sobs, Larry said that he wanted to kill himself because his wife had committed suicide. And Larry told Spencer that while he was in the bathroom, his wife had committed suicide. He specifically said that to Spencer. Mm. So he, he's like not saying that it's an accident. Right. Yeah, interesting. So, and again, this is like literally moments after the gunshot went off. Yeah. So he was so distraught that Larry ran to a nearby river and threatened to drown himself. After Spencer was able to calm Larry and bring him back inside the cabin, his story suddenly changed. He told Spencer that Bianca must have accidentally discharged the gun while putting it back inside the soft-sided case. Spencer couldn't understand how this was possible, though, because, again, he watched with his own eyes as Bianca emptied the ammunition from that particular gun. And you said it was a shotgun, right? Uh, it is a, what is it? Um, I know it, the one a was a Browning 12 gauge shotgun. Yeah. So the 12 gauge shotgun, most of the time, you know, they have those shells, you know, like a thick shell, mm-hmm. um, picture like that red shell with the, all the stuff inside yeah. of it. That's kind of what it is. So if you can open it up and pop it out, you know, I don't know if it was automatic feed or not, but you know, when a shotgun has nothing in it, you can kind of look into it and be like, sure. okay, there's nothing in here. And so again, I, I believe Spencer very much. Yeah, I, I think he's accurate in what he's saying. And this is his job. Right. So he was sure that the gun must have been reloaded. Spencer and Larry went to the local police station, and Larry was interviewed by now-retired police commander Rostin Yayanga for about 30 minutes. Larry said that Bianca had accidentally shot herself. His story was believable at the time because Commander Yayanga wasn't there. He's hearing what Larry's telling him. You know, he looks distraught. He's saying, you know, it was an accident. Yeah, but Commander Yayanga needs to look into this a little bit, too, because everything needs an investigation. Now, mm-hmm. I wonder if Commander Yayanga is also, you know, this is obviously probably a big part of the economy locally here. You know, this big game hunting. I'm sure this Larry a-hole spent lots of money to get there and you know, all these things. So you want to make sure there's not a lot of eyes on your big game hunting and people coming in and be like, oh, so, you know, whatever, a murder happened. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you get to talk, you know, a bunch of bad Bad stuff's going to happen instead of an accident. Right. So he wants to have an accident instead of a murder. Sure. Investigators went to the scene and Commander Yanga was told that their findings matched what Larry was saying. Uh, how convenient. The shotgun was found about three feet from Bianca's body and had discharged while in the case. Larry said that he tried to resuscitate his wife unsuccessfully because she was bleeding so profusely. The report indicated Dr. Lawrence Rudolph rushed into the bedroom to find his wife lying on the floor bleeding. The findings further suggest that the firearm was loaded from the previous hunting activities, causing the firearm to accidentally fire. Investigators found one round in the shotgun at the time of the shooting. And then a Zambian forensic pathologist determined that Bianca had died from hemorrhagic shock, macerated left side of the heart, and a perforated lung from a gunshot wound. Okay, that all makes sense. And at no point do they mention Spencer saying that it was unloaded. And not to mention the fact that when Spencer first entered the cabin, Larry was using the word, my wife committed suicide. Ah, so the police find that it's an accidental mm-hmm. shot and i mean sure larry is distraught you never know what he's saying yeah sure he he might be in shock he yeah. might just be saying you know whatever is just coming out of his mouth yeah so sherry from the dental practice said that larry did not tell their children anna or julian about their mother's death for nearly a week hmm. when anna found out she was obviously devastated and had questions about what happened she had not been told where her mom had been shot. Do you know about how old they are at this point? They were adults because okay. Anna was working within his father's practice. Oh, right. 
And I think um, the son lived in Florida. So a ballistic expert and former special agent at the Drug Enforcement Agency reviewed documents from the case and said that the blast from the gun would have been ferocious. Spencer indicated that Bianca had screamed after the gun went off, screaming like basically, ah, he'd reached the cabin within 15 seconds and Bianca was basically already dead by the time Spencer entered the cabin. Spencer had questions from the get-go in terms of Larry's version of events. He was suspicious. Interesting. Good for Spencer. Thank God. He told Spencer that, when I say he, Larry told Spencer that he had been in the bath when the gun went off and raced out to find Bianca dead. However, when Spencer entered the cabin, not only was Larry fully dressed, but he was also wearing shoes. (laughs) You were wearing your shoes in the bath, Larry? You know, I picture that superhero movie where it's like you pop out and like your clothes just like basically fall on. Yeah. Again, Spencer estimated that it took him about 15 seconds to reach the cabin. There was no way possible that Larry was able to get out of the bath or the shower and be fully dressed with his shoes on at his wife's body at her side, sobbing. Good for Spencer, because a lot of people would just be like, maybe I'm miscalculating. Maybe it was three minutes. And he's like, no, it was 15 seconds. I was there. There's no way this dude was in the bath. Right. So local police indicated that Larry said he was wrapped in a towel when Spencer arrived. That was not the case. Spencer said he was dressed from head to toe. I mean, right now it's like his word versus his. So Sure. An investigator from the Cafu National Park, Masua Maisis, had questions about what he observed when he entered the couple's cabin. He saw the wound to Bianca's chest and the gun nearby and wondered how she could have accidentally shot herself in the heart with a long-barreled gun. He suspected foul play because of the way both the gun and Bianca's body were lying and the way that the bullet had entered. He voiced these suspicions to the police, and they assured him that it would be investigated. Yeah, they've done such a great job to this point. So Larry spoke with the U.S. Embassy in Zambia 11 hours after Bianca was killed, asking when he could have her body cremated. He wanted it done right away. Bianca's remains were allowed to be released for cremation, which was done on October 14th, three days after her death. Ah, man, smart of him. He wanted it to move fast. Get rid of the evidence. Mm -hmm. So when the case was published in a local paper and issued an accidental death, even readers had their immediate suspicions. That's pretty bad, especially because the whole... You know, story behind it, it, the whole narrative is that they're trying to say, nope, just an accidental thing, move on. And it's bad that, you know, you know all that information's there and people still read it and say, mm, that sounds fishy. Right. And several people found it fishy. But it wasn't until Bianca's friends' concerns were voiced to the FBI on October 27th about Larry choosing cremation, despite the fact that Bianca did not want this, that set the chain of events in motion two weeks later. Larry said that both he and Bianca had always planned to be cremated, as well as the fact that it was challenging to transport her body back to the United States, excuse me, the United States, which would require the purchase of a lead-lined coffin. Larry had actually paid extra to expedite the process. It was pointed out that Larry had to frequently arrange transport of the animals that he hunted back to the United States, which in itself was also cumbersome and expensive. Yeah, costs are not on Larry's list of concerns. No. You know, this whole trip cost him probably 50 grand. What does it cost to send a body back? You yeah. Know, probably five, 10 grand. Like basically a drop in the hat for him. For him, it's nothing. So that wouldn't be a, a valid reason. So the case became an active international investigation after the concerns were voiced about Larry and Bianca's relationship. 
Hours after Bianca's death, the consular chief at the U.S. Embassy in Zambia had his concerns and spoke with Larry. Because Larry seemed to be in such a rush to have his wife cremated and to leave the country, it just seemed suspect. Absolutely. So the consular chief just so happened to be a former Marine who had decades of experience with weapons. Little did Larry know, but he was able to inspect Bianca's body before it was cremated. On October 13th, this is when it happened. So during this time, he took photos. He measured the shotgun as well as the wound. Based on Bianca's body, he did not believe that she could have shot herself. And why wasn't this already done? Why did this take the U.S. Embassy to step in? Because you know? Larry said it was an accident. Yeah, but also, you know, the local zombie and police force needs to do a better job here. Clearly, they're taking a cut of something. Maybe. So to him, it appeared as if someone was holding the shotgun several feet away when it was fired. The consular chief stated that his notes and photos with the FBI, he shared, excuse me. So he shared his notes and photos with the FBI and an inquiry into Bianca's death was underway. When Larry discovered that he had gone to the funeral home and actually reviewed her body, took photos and measurements, he described Larry, after learning this information, as livid. Oh, really? I, I would think that he would like look like a ghost. You know, like just the, the blood would drop out of his face. But he was just like, what? What do you mean? Without my permission? He's just one of those pompous assholes, of course, it sounds like. Because he always gets what he wants. So because the investigation was taking place outside the U.S., a lot of problems could be presented and the case takes time. The FBI worked on the case both in the U.S. as well as Zambia. In the meantime, Larry carried right on with his life. Life just went on for him. Five years went by when Spencer was contacted by the FBI. Over the years, they'd interviewed numerous people. They reviewed documents, photos. They conducted forensic testing. The evidence concluded possible foul play, and a complaint was filed that indicated that Larry was potentially Bianca's murderer. So, retired police commander Rostin Yeyanga indicated that when their officers arrived on the scene, they found Bianca's body lying face up, and Larry seemed to be devastated. He saw tears in his eyes, and at the time, no one suspected that he was responsible for his wife's death. Upon entry, it all looked legit. So, it was suspicious that an experienced hunter such as Bianca would have pointed the muzzle of a gun toward herself as she packed it. It's just not... Your um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, like, re, like re- standard operating yeah, procedure. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it, it's not. It's Inst- not what, instinctively you wouldn't. Right. You know, like if you've been around guns, you know, you never point it at somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, you never point it at yourself. You never have your hand, your finger on the trigger. You know, there's these rules that you have, and people like that would definitely know all these and never, ever, ever like you know go against that. The only person that would possibly do that is like a kid who just doesn't respect the power of a gun. Or a complete moron. Right. You know, Bianca was an experienced hunter. She had respect that this was a deadly weapon. She would not have pointed the muzzle of the gun toward herself as she was packing it away. It just wouldn't have happened. So even believing the weapon was unloaded, an experienced person would never, under any circumstances, point the gun at their own body or that of another person. The rule is always assume it's loaded. So according to the complaint, the FBI interviewed a Zambian ballistics expert who performed drop tests to see if the gun would fire if dropped. The gun was repeatedly dropped from about four and a half feet high onto cement. It never one time misfired. They also did tests using the same make and model gun that killed Bianca and used a soft-sided case just like Bianca had with a study of people in it in the same height as Bianca. 
uh, similar arm lengths as well to determine if she would have even been able to reach the trigger while she was packing the gun inside the bag. Yeah, like would she have to pull it with her toe? toe you know like is it mm-hmm. so long that that can't happen so 15 women bianca's size were tested and none were able to reach the trigger bianca stood at about five foot four and based on an analyzed photo her longest possible right arm length was estimated to be 28.75 inches the fbi used a prop gun bianca's gun was approximately 31.1875 inches from trigger to muzzle and again her arm length was about 28.75 and that's the very tip of her finger right the woman used in the demo was just able to reach the trigger but it was very difficult like she had a struggle to do so the soft-sided gun case was not a tight fit. The gun would have easily just slid right in, not requiring force to push it in. There would have been no need to force the gun into the case. So the conclusion was that it was possible, but it was very difficult. It would only happen if Bianca had been leaning over the gun, which would have made it be the muzzle of the gun would have been in direct contact with her body. Had that been the case, a contact shot would only be the possibility there. So a 12-gauge shotgun shell contains pellets. And with a contact shot, the pellets would have time to spread and would instead go into the tissue in a tight group in a tight group so i I think i said it wrong it would not have time to spread so it would be very compact right it would be like a small entry point Mm -hmm. basically so it'd be the same diameter as the gun barrel because it's so close it doesn't have that time frame to spread out yep Photos of Bianca's body indicated that the pellets covered approximately six centimeters in diameter, which is roughly two and a half inches, which was a pattern that would be impossible had the muzzle of the gun been placed directly against her body. Well, yeah, using physics, you can say what what's the maximum you know spread that we could expect or the minimum spread. Mm-hmm. And if that's close, then you know that it was shot from a few feet away. Right. And again, it would have been impossible for her to fire the gun at herself unless it was pressed for firmly against her body. So within weeks of Bianca's death, Larry had moved Lori Milleron into his Paradise Valley, Arizona home. His business was thriving and the couple split their time between Pittsburgh, Arizona and their vacation home in Cabo. So they were basically just living their best lives after Bianca tragically died. Yeah. So in December of 2021, more than five years after Bianca's death, the prosecutors and the FBI decided that they had enough information to charge Larry. That always gets me excited. I'm just like, yes, please. Like, it's like the ending of a movie. Like, please, please get, get him. Get the bad bars. guy. Yes. So at the time, Larry and Lori were at their vacation home in Cabo when local authorities arrested Larry. Mexican police executed a warrant for Larry's arrest for the murder of Bianca and for mail fraud for collecting Bianca's life insurance. Mm. After her death, Larry received over $4.8 million in nine separate policies. Bianca died on October 11th, and the first claim was submitted on October 31st, less than three weeks later. After Bianca's death, Larry purchased two luxury cars, an Aston Martin DB11 and a Bentley... Oh, I didn't look up the saying of this. Do you know, Mike? Benteaga? Nope. Okay. Well, anyway, really expensive-ass cars is what I'm talking about. So his properties and cars were worth millions. 
The defense argued that there was no financial motive since Larry's dental practice alone was worth about $8 million, and altogether he was worth about $27 million. So they're like, he doesn't need... Four point eight million from his wife. Yeah, He's but that's not liquid. Rich. He would have to sell his thing. So like liquid, that that five million dollars liquid is pretty nice. Right. So his practice, if he had sold it, would have been about eight million. But this guy lives a big life. Mm-hmm. He likes the finer things. So within days of Larry's arrest, Larry was extradited to Denver, and a grand jury was gathered to hear evidence about the case. Anna, who is Larry's daughter, was devastated about the arrest. Lori Milleron followed Larry to Denver and was called before the grand jury. Two weeks after his arrest, the grand jury handed down their indictment, and it was believed that the investigation would show that Larry killed his wife to collect millions in insurance money. Also, the fact that Lori had gave him this ultimatum, you have to leave your wife within one year. And also, it's saving him money from divorce. So he's not just gaining the $5 million, right. he's also saving like $10 million if he's worth 20 So really, he's gaining $15 million here. So all of a sudden, it starts to kind of add up. It's like, yeah, and not like I said, the liquid $5 million can turn into 20 if he invested in something. You know, that's why having money that can actually move is way more important than having money and assets you caught can't up in things. Yeah. So it was absolutely presented that Lori had given Larry this ultimatum that he had to leave his wife. Larry never wanted to do so because he would have lost out on the money in the divorce. So it was bigger than, you know, for sure, just that. So in February of 2022, 64-year-old Lori Milleron faced federal charges alleging that she provided false and misleading testimony to the grand jury. Oh, so she knew maybe? So one month after her testimony, she was arrested and accused of lying about her relationship with Larry and what he said in the days and months after Bianca's death. She faces as much as 30 years in prison for lying to a grand jury. Holy cow. There are no allegations to indicate that she was involved in what happened with Bianca in 2016 that she had ever said, kill your wife or helped him plan it. A text be like, you got to get rid of her. Yeah, that's not the case. So Lori is currently on home detention in Arizona and maintains a connection with Larry, still running his dentistry business, but she is forbidden to contact him. Lori signed a pretrial affidavit that indicated that she and Larry were involved romantically, and this was something that Bianca was aware of according to you know Lori. So on Monday, August 1st, 2022, Larry was found guilty of murder and mail fraud after a three-week trial and he awaited sentencing. Fantastic. So Larry continued to maintain his innocence, but evidence showed that it was impossible to suffer from a self-inflicted wound to the heart with the weapon that killed Bianca, which was shown to have been shot from about two to three and a half feet away versus pressed against her body. That was all based on ballistics. Yes. So that's from where the based on the pattern of the wound, it was all based to be two to three and a half feet away. Prosecutors alleged that Larry made the decision to kill his wife to regain control over his life after Bianca asked for more say in their finances and also demanded that Lori be fired from the business. Mm. So he was coming up between a rock and a hard place. He's got Lori on one side saying you need to sell your business and leave your wife. You've got Bianca Bianca on the other saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't understand why anybody has an affair. Like my dad always says, one woman is hard enough for me to deal with, (laughs) let alone two. Yeah, it gets a little too sticky. Yeah, it's just it's exhausting. Not in a good way. So I think that's, you know, it all came to a head. And that's why he chose this time on the vacation to do what he did. He's so full of himself that he thought he could pull it off. 
And, you know, it, the, like we talked about last week, or maybe it was the, the Patreon episode, somebody with a lot of money, they're not used to having to pay any kind of penalties mm-hmm. because all they do is pay people off. I'm sure this jerk had very expensive lawyers and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you off because they want all his money too. And they're like, yeah, just give us a $10 million retainer. You're fine. Yeah, we'll get you off. And, you know, that, uh, unfortunately, something like this, you kill somebody, you got to pay for it. And I love when the people, these powerful guys go down. It gives me great satisfaction. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it was at Bianca's <sighs> I know it's so tragic. So a bartender from Phoenix testified that he overheard Larry saying I killed my effing wife for you to Lori. (laughs) So in early 2020, he and Lori were at this bar, they were having a heated conversation and the bartender heard with his own ears Larry say this to Lori. Wow. The bartender, Brian Lovelace, testified that the music was playing, so he had been unable to hear the words that were said just before this. Larry himself testified that he said, now they're saying I killed my effing wife for you. Mm. So he's trying to rewrite how it was said. Yeah, and I guess that's possible because, you know, his defense are going to be like, well, is it possible you may have not heard another word because you didn't hear what was before it? Right. So he said that he said this to her in response from learning that the FBI was now investigating him. So prosecutors allege that Larry's wealth was built on fraud. In 2006, he shot off his thumb in Zambia in order to collect millions of dollars in disability money. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that's really extreme. That's dedication. Whew. I like my thumb too much to do that. I like my thumb and I don't like pain. So yeah. that wouldn't work for me. They also allege that he cheated his dental patients, creating the need for root canals by not doing fillings or by drilling holes in their teeth while they were under sedation. I have no doubt that he did this. Like just, oh, they're sleeping. Let's do a root canal. You know what? I they need don't an extra know. grand. Yeah. I don't freaking know what's happening. While first of all, even if I wasn't under sedation, my mouth is wide open. Somebody's drilling. I don't know what the hell they're doing in there. Yeah. How shady that I- people... People are trusting you. Yeah. I mean, and you know, by the end, obviously you see the bill and you're like, but why'd you do a root canal? He's probably like, well, I saw it while I was there. So I figured it'd be best to take care of it. I'm like, okay, doctor, you, you know best. I hate that. So on Friday, June 23rd, 2023, Lori Milleron was sentenced to 17 years in prison for being an accessory to the crime. Relatives spoke out during her hearing and said that she had destroyed their family. When I say relatives, relatives of Bianca. Anna Rudolph felt that Lori had plotted to eliminate her mother and spoke directly to her, saying, Lori, you have taken my parents. Despite everything you have done, you will never take my soul. This might be difficult to understand because you don't have one. And then Lori has since filed an appeal. So this went from Lori having nothing to do with it to maybe possibly planning it. Along with Larry. And the fact that she lied under oath to the grand jury. Now, my opinion, lying under oath shouldn't be 17 years of prison. That's kind of insane, if you ask me. Apparently, it, was, it was, could have been as high as 30 years. Yeah, and you know how there's always a maximum of whatever, which never gets to whatever. That's mm-hmm. why I hate when like news channels are like, a maximum of 100 years. Oh, and it turned out to be two. Right. It's like stupid. Very extreme. Yeah, I wish we were just talking facts. So it, 17 years for just lying is not like fair in my opinion but if she had something to do with it and it sounds like maybe they saw some things they found something that maybe or maybe they think she was responsible because she pushed him to give him that ultimatum i don't know yeah and i'm not trying to yeah i'm just trying to be devil's advocate i'm trying to put some ideas out there and if i I was you know the family i would absolutely want her to spend as much time because you know but it's not illegal to cheat on people no and it's it's larry that pulled the trigger right and it's not illegal to break up a family you know as much as 
it sucks, it's not illegal. Right. So, and I mean, I don't blame the daughter for hating her. No, not at all. I would hate her too. On Monday, August 21st, 2023, Larry was sentenced to life in prison and faces more than $15 million in penalties. No, this makes sense. His lawyers plan to appeal the conviction. Julian and Anna Rudolph have opted not to speak much publicly about their mother's death. They're fighting for some of the financial penalties that the government wants their father to pay, asking that the court treat them versus the insurance companies as the victims of the insurance. In a court filing, they indicated that they have suffered considerable financial harm and are entitled to restitution since his two adult children control his finances now. The government estimated that Larry is worth $15 million, but a defense expert during the trial said that his current worth is now less than $10 million. Sure, defense is going to say whatever they want to say. Of course. The prosecution argues that the adult children are not being punished and they also aren't entitled to unjust enrichment from their father's criminal schemes. Hmm. So this all just really kind of wrapped up just at the end of August of 2023. So I mean, is, I think they should get something, you know, it's uh, unless the insurance said, you know, specifically against murder, which I guess would probably be the, you know, a standard. Right. I don't know. I don't know how insurance, the life insurance works that way. But um, yeah, you know, the insurance company is a billion dollar industry. This is some kids that like their whole lives are ruined because their dad's a complete Ugh. buffoon and idiot and jerk and everything. Just to put it mildly. So I think they should get something. Yeah. And another case where these kids and granted they're, I say kids, they're adults, but regardless, they've lost both of their parents as a result of this. Yeah, Sad. And this is the sad and tragic murder of Bianca Rudolph. Mm, that's too bad. And it sounds like Bianca was super sweet. And yeah, yep. that's, that's and, and just one of those things like money. Gosh, like how do you do such a thing based on money? Like who gives a crap about some whatever car i don't even know aston martin i I don't i don't know a thing about cars i drove a friggin i drive an elantra and a a town and country van chrysler town and country 2016 (laughs) um full pleather (laughs) full pleather yep and the backup camera you can barely see anybody which is nice (laughs) the whole point is is what is the price of a car like when you're you're wiping out your wife of 34 years and the mother of your children like how do you get so poisoned by by money well we were talking with one of our neighbor's family that listens to our podcast and the husband said there's always a better way out like why is this the way out and also our friends that have the podcast you know it's it's like this you don't have to commit murder you know it's called divorce, divorce larry you mother offer coming up with some kind of a plan you know like would you rather spend life in prison or lose five million dollars I think, again, though, it's these pompous narcissists who don't think they're going to get caught. Yes, that's what the situation was. So he didn't think he would be sentenced to life in prison because he thought in his sick mind that this was going to be open and closed. I said it was an accident. I said she accidentally shot herself, and that's what happened. You know, he's just thinking like, man, we should have had a different gun. I could have gotten away with it. And, you know, he especially five years passed before anything was really coming around to him. So in his mind, he had gotten off free. So it it brings me great satisfaction to know that he is being penalized for what he did to Bianca. Absolutely. And Larry, if you're listening to this, I'm so glad you're so stupid and dumb to think that uh, you you couldn't think of the gun length. You're so dumb. That was so obvious. Mm -hmm. Stupid moron. Like you went through this whole dentist thing and you think you're so smart and stuff, but no, you're not. You're an idiot. Probably dumber than anybody else we know. What gets me, though, is that they spent this long trip together and like Spencer witnessed with his own eyes that they were 
loving towards each other. They were laughing and having fun. Like, how do you pick up that rifle and point it at your wife of 34 years? How? I couldn't point it at anybody. I couldn't, yeah, barely point it at somebody I hate, you know? Like, it would have to be some kind of extreme situation to kill somebody. Only if I was going to die because, you know, self-defense. Right. That'd be the only way I could possibly do it. Much less the mother of your children. It's just sick and sad. Loser. So, well, hey, uh, rotten hell and in prison. And I hope you never see the light of day, Larry. I hope Larry is extremely constipated and develops a fecal impaction. Yeah. And I would say that somebody has to digitally disimpact him, but I wouldn't wish that on the person who would have to do it. No. So let's just hope that he gets very constipated. Yeah. Digitally disimpact means with your fingers. Yeah. And I don't want to have a nurse have to do that to Larry. For those that don't work in the healthcare industry. So, um, yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much for telling us about Bianca and remembering her and, and all this stuff. And thanks for Spencer standing up and, you know, Brian, the bartender that was, you know, came with the evidence saying mm-hmm. that Larry's an idiot. So, yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the heck out of you. And we want to say welcome to our latest Crime and Coffee Couple Club members, Megan, Erica, Sherry and Karen. And if you listen on Spotify, uh, know that you can like hook up the Patreon episodes like to Spotify. So check out if you have any questions, let us know on like Instagram or something. I can walk you through it or on Patreon. And uh, yeah, that's a really nice way to listen. So um, besides that, got anything else? No, we just thank each and every one of you for being here. If you would like to, we would love it if you would leave us a five star review. And until next time, bye. bye.